Hey friends, welcome to the Her Best Yes with Becky podcast. I'm Becky Dozman, licensed social worker, therapist, and life coach. Join me as we lean into finding thriving rhythms for daily life amidst the reality of seasons of surviving. We were not created to do life alone. So let's come together and hear stories of brave, imperfect women seeking to live out who God has created her to be. I'll weave teachings into each episode to help you build your thriving storehouse in order to find your best yeses for daily life. Here we go. Get ready, friends. This is going to be incredible. I am sitting here with Amy Sanders, and we are going to bring so much goodness. So buckle up. Here we go. Welcome, Amy. So excited you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here because we're both spazzes. So I think we're like just meant to do this podcast together. (laughs) So Um, Let me tell you, listeners, we started our chat a half hour ago, and we were suddenly like, oh, we don't actually record. It's not going to happen. And so I am really excited for the synergy that we have in bringing, um, I just think, such an incredible topic. But before we dive in, actually, I'm going to give them a little teaser. We are going to be talking about, so here we are in the week of Valentine's, the love and all the things. And Amy and I are both really passionate about focusing on self-nurture and your worth and your value. And so we're going to be talking about healthy boundaries and all of those things. So get ready for that to come. But first, I want to introduce this lady. If I told you all of her credentials, we'd be here till tomorrow. But Amy is has a background in fitness and in sports and exercise science, like a list of like 10 different certifications in life coaching. So this girl's legit. She knows what she's doing. And she has been blessing women for the last two decades. Like, can you believe we're that old? Um, you know, just with all the ways in which they can take care of themselves. And she has a life coaching business, an incredible story of surviving and thriving. So here we go, Amy, welcome. And why don't you just start off with just seeing a little bit about what you're doing in the world and kind of, yeah, what's happening in your life right now? Yes. Well, thank you for that amazing introduction. (laughs) It's always funny hearing talk about you, but I am super passionate about health and fitness, wellness, which also encompasses encompasses mindset and um, your relationships with people. And so I started over 20 years ago, early 90s, to be honest, guys, it's how long ago, like, I think it's almost, (laughs) it's well over 20 years. I started uh, teaching fitness classes, and I found a really big love for it as I would help people, which like it just continually evolved. And so now I mostly help people with their brains. So when I was helping people lose weight and they'd come back to class and be like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. And guess what? My relationship's better because I stopped drinking alcohol. And I'm like, you did what? You stopped drinking alcohol. And, you know, it's like, I felt like there was even more, you know, it's an entire encompassing thing. So um, that's what I did. And now I coach about mindset and wellness. And I coach a lot of coaches, actually, we were talking about this, just because I have such a power, not power, but I have such a drive to help as many people as possible, get to that place of like happiness within, because it's not like, it's not external, it's internal. And my road to get here has been, it sounds like it's been like, just, you know, this great road, 
but I've had a lot of hardships, which I think has also helped me have the empathy for women and stuff. So I've been through divorce. I've been in toxic relationships. Um, I'm now a mom of seven children, three of my own and four stepchildren. And so we now have blended families and there's just been a lot, but it's been a total amazing journey. And I think it's just a way to be able to continually help others by being able to understand them on a different level than I could before. You know, it's just like brick by brick, but that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And that relatability is amazing. And thanks for sharing those parts, um, you know, those seasons of, of hard and surviving and coming to this thriving place, even though, of course, you know, still have our moments of that. And so I think the listeners, just you going through the list um, that you just did of your experiences can probably say, oh, I can relate to her in that way. And I think that's what's so important is, is having community and women feeling like I am not in this alone. And so actually, Amy you know, and I were chatting before the recording. And I want to bring this up because I think this is an important um, part of kind of being just a woman right now in our culture, because after quarantine and COVID, all the things we've been kind of behind our screens and seeing each other's lives more in, in social media and on the reels. And so I was chatting with a friend and I was telling her a little bit about you, Amy, and we were going to interview today. And she's like, well, Becky, she sounds just like what you do, mindset and wellness. And she loves Jesus and all the things. If you have her on, are there going to be people that would want to work with her and like not you? And what if you would lose people? I, I said, great. She was like, what do you mean? I said, the people that Amy is supposed to work with are going to come to Amy. And the people that God wants me to work with are going to be connected with me. And if we as women could compound our influence by raising each other up and not sitting in a place of comparison, what do you think would happen, Amy? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because I feel like that is a real place of tension right now for our you know, sisters out there trying to do life. I love this because there's enough for everyone in the world. Everyone, if you want it, you can have it. It doesn't mean if someone else has got it, there's not enough for you. And it doesn't matter if it's money. It doesn't matter if it's relationships. It doesn't matter what it is. If you have a certain desire to make a difference somehow, there's always enough, but you have to be in that right mindset. And if you're not, if you're coming from a place of scarcity or a place of fear, then it's not going to work for you. And I love that you brought this up because just last night I had a friend over who is thinking about starting a company. And so she was talking to me about it and she's not a client. She's a friend. And once I told her some like tips and tricks on what to avoid when you're starting a business, because there's a lot of things you can avoid. And there's also a lot of things that might, you know, you might not avoid. And then you're like, oh, shoot, that that was hard. Right. So I was trying to give her like the bare bones of how to do this. And at the end, she's like, well, crap, I'm ready to quit. I was like, are you serious? Why? And she's like, there's too many other people that are better than me. And I'm mm. like, stop that right now. Like you can't. Imp that. Imposter syndrome alert, right? Like it was yeah. creeping right in there before she even got rolling. But how many women do that? We look at it. We like to, you know, be quiet and stay small. But what if all of us leaned into our strengths and played big? Whatever that means, motherhood, business, community. What if we just leaned into our strengths? That's something I like talking about as well, because a lot of times we like to compare our weaknesses to other people's strengths, or we're starting something new and we're comparing 
like our starting line with someone's finish line. Like it's so not okay, yet we do it all the time that there's just not enough. I'm not good enough, all the things, right? But women are powerful and women are awesome. And we just need to rise up and like show up. And there's not uh, one. No, keep going. Go, go, go. There's enough for everyone. I was like, how much? I'll, I'll, I'll TED talk all day long. But, but yeah, if we rose up and if we showed up, this world would a hundred percent be a different place. And man, there are some days, oh, a lot of days recently where I think we're ready for that different place. I'm actually, I, I, what the words that came to me was like, that would be scary good. If every woman, whatever path she's on, leaned into it and just said, I'm going to do this based on what the, you know, the path and the purpose God has for me. And I'm going to stay in my lane and not look at everybody else's lane and get distracted. And I'm going to go real in and be vulnerable because I think when people hear us talking about this, like, oh, I could never do what Amy and Becky do. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to do what God has imprinted on your life. But here's the thing. I've been, the, I've, you know, been doing mental and emotional health and all that for years, but I'm new to this virtual coaching world stuff. And so I could sit here and be like, I can't have Amy on my podcast. Or I'm not, I haven't been doing it as long. I haven't had as much, you know, experience or success. So it's like, that's not the abundance mindset that is going to allow God to work through me. And so I just want to say to you listeners out there, if you focus on what you don't have, what abilities, um, you know, purpose, any of that, it is going to keep you small and leaning in to that. I often talk about leaning into fear. We can either fear the fear or lean into it and kind of grow your discomfort zone and realize I didn't fall off the edge. My brave just got bigger. And so what you were just saying that rising up in abundance, mm-hmm. we just become, okay. I, I, we I just become braver, right? Yes. We we're so similar in this like way that we want to help women, which I love. I always say everything great is on the other side of fear. Mm-hmm. And Dude. the cave that you fear holds the treasure you seek. What's so funny though, is like, what's the worst that can happen if something scary? Like if, you know, it's so scary to go online and and be vulnerable, or it's so scary to go out there and do something new, whatever that is. But ultimately, what's the worst that can happen? Like, usually it's really not bad. It's like not really that big of a deal. We make it so much worse in our heads and it keeps us from doing what we're meant to do. Yeah. The, I think you and I, if people were to say, what is, what is the one word you would use to help me change my life? Well, Jesus, because the next word would be <laughs> mindset, right? The relationship yeah. we have with ourselves is between our ears and we can talk ourselves out of things before we even start. Okay. So I'm going to give, I love to like throw in little thriving tips. So I'm going to like take what you just said and go with it. So two of my favorite questions, which are exactly what you were talking about is what if, like, what's the worst that can happen? Like what if, and so what? So what if it happens and what if it does, you're either going to learn that's not the way that I'm going to do that. Or you're going to thrive either way. You have taken some action and haven't stayed small and safe. And I feel like that small and safe and comfortable feels comfortable, but it's not where we're going to actually be able to um, lean into abundance. So, okay. Wow. We could talk about this all day long, right? All day. But I really want to hear your expertise and share your goodness regarding this idea, not idea, this experience of toxic relationships and healthy boundaries. It's like a buzz, you know, it's like you can find mm-hmm. it on covers of magazine as you're checking out, but I'd love to hear your heart and weaving your story in. Like, what, what do you say to women 
who are pouring into everybody else or allowing toxicity to come in, what are like your top ways that they could walk away from today's podcast and say, okay, I'm going to pick one and I'm going to work on that. Okay. Ooh, only pick one. I'm trying to think how I, well, no, you don't oh. have to pick one. You get right. I'm going to say all the things that I'm like, oh, it's <laughs> such a big topic. I first want to start with saying, um, I like teaching people about something I call the manual. <laughs> okay. I call it the manual because it's an easy way to think about it. But a lot of times we enter these toxic relationships or any relationship this can, this can live in. And I, I, I dare say that I've been guilty of this. I've also been in toxic relationships. I've implemented the manual within my, my relationship I have now with my current husband, but this is what the manual is. The manual is a book that we've carefully written. It's very, very detailed. And we actually write a book for every single person in our life as to how they're supposed to show up and what we expect of them in our life. Okay. And we don't really tell them what's in the book. And so but we expect them to follow it, right? Oh, yes, a hundred percent. And we're very upset when they don't do what we think they should do, right? It's unmet expectations. But we're also in this place acting like little children, right? We're like, they didn't do what I wanted him to do. Well, first of all, he's his own. I like to look at everybody like if you're over 18, you're an adult, right? You're an adult. You can do what you want to do. This isn't you're an adult, I'm an adult, we're all adults technically frontal lobes don't develop until 22 and older. So don't make crazy decisions before that. But well, and I, would, I, and I would even say 22 is like maybe for some people, but I think there's others that it takes more to like 32. So yep, absolutely. Yeah, it takes a long time, you know, but, but society says 18 year adult, but adults get to have their own choices. They get to do their own things. They get to say what they want to say. They get to be who they want to be. And we all have this choice, all of us, but we like to write manuals and we like to expect other people to abide by our manual. And in this certain situation, especially around toxic relationships, a lot of people get discouraged, they get frustrated, but then they also allow maybe someone else's manual to control them and they just do the things right. So in my, um, in my relationship with my ex-husband, truth is when he got on his knee, I had fallen into this like manual and also people pleasing mentality, which a lot of women do, especially Christian women, because we like to just say yes to everything. And we do it out of, we try to do it out of a place of love, but a lot of times we're not loving ourselves, right? Because we're turning away from ourselves and we don't want to do the thing. So technically that's not loving or serving unconditionally. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent here. My point is when he got on his knee, I had like knots in my stomach and I had no desire to say yes. Hmm. But within my religion, I felt like he was a good enough man. And he held like a church calling that I was like, oh, that's, you know, he's very spiritual. And I said, yes. Okay. Now in that relationship, I just, number one, think that, um, we weren't a good match to start with, but number two, I just did what he wanted me to do. I followed his manual completely. And he made, and he's also his own person. He's an adult. He has his own choices. 
And he did things that a lot of people would be like, that's not acceptable, but I accepted it because I wasn't doing anything different. And I went on for 11 years in this very toxic relationship, not wanting to be there the whole time, by the way. And we had three kids, but I was supposed to marry someone like him is what I thought. And you're not supposed to get divorced. So in this scenario, I had my own manual of what I'm supposed to do and what I have to do. So when those words are going on in your head, I want you to get like extra curious about them and stop and reflect. Like, why am I supposed to do this thing? Because technically you don't have to do anything, Mm. right? But we have manuals even for ourselves. And when we try to live in this place, it doesn't serve us. And people walk all over our boundaries, which we may or may not have. And when it comes to boundaries, we look at them like bad things, like, oh no, that they're so mean, they have a boundary, or I feel mean because I have this boundary. But if you have boundaries, they're actually out of a place of love. And if you are coming out, and we're going to talk more about that, but as you're coming out of a toxic relationship, or if you are in a toxic relationship, you're not being true to yourself if you're still in one, and you probably don't have good boundaries. You are allowing this. Yeah. Well, it's interesting when you say toxic toxic relationships and you're talking about, um, you know, dating relationships or marriage, but I, I mean, I'm curious your thoughts on this. I think those toxic relationships can also be in friendships and within family and and work environments as well. So I I think this is something that obviously with, you know, intimate relationships, but there can be those toxic relationships that we can't necessarily get out of. They're kind of part of our world because of work or my family. So like, how would you talk a little bit about what what does one do when they can't really get out? Yeah. First of all, I disagree. I think you can get out. I mean, with you can get out of anything. Um, so in my, in my life, so I coach on this too, but I want to talk about my life because people relate to stories really well. I also have, I had a sister who mistreated me for over 20 years. And what's funny is I cut her off, which was the hardest thing, especially as a Christian woman, to cut off your sister because I realized as I started loving myself that I couldn't do this anymore. You know, so your sister is someone that maybe you can't get out of your life because they're family. You know, works, work, oh, 100%. You can, I'll, I'll teach you about that in one second. Like, that's easy. But these relationships that are close to home that maybe you can't, like in my case, my ex-husband is still in my life all the time, but I've learned boundaries on how to deal with him and what works for me and what doesn't. When you implement a boundary with an unhealthy, toxic person, by the way, they are going to hate it and they are going to fight it (laughs) and they are going to push it and prod it and poke it and do anything they can because they are used to you being a certain way. And now you're being different. You change the manual, right? Yeah. Is that part of it? Like you've changed yeah. that narrative, right? You change the narrative and you're not, you're not listening or trying to, to please them by their manual or your own. You have, you've now changed your own manual, what you will and will not put up with and what you don't really have to do. Okay. Again, that word have to is very like, get always very curious about that word. So when it comes to boundaries, they are out of love. You don't have to lash out. You don't have to be like yelling and screaming or like, you're, 
you're pushing my boundary or whatever. And I also think the word boundary is like way overused right now. Like it's out of love, but people are like, oh, my boundary, this, my boundary, this. They didn't take out the dishes that, that, or not, what am I saying? They didn't do the dishes or take out the trash. I'm combining sentences right now. He violated my boundary. That's not a boundary. Okay. A boundary is you have a house and you have a gate. You have like maybe this like white fence around your house and you have a gate and you're asking the person to walk through the gate to the front door and then knock, not hop the fence and walk through your house. That's your boundary. Like another um, good example of a boundary with friends is maybe you have a friend that's late all the time and you get really bugged and crazy and you're like so frustrated that she's late. Well, guess what? You can change things out of love and you can say, hey, Sally, use the word Sally. I don't know whose name Sally today, but I was like, hey, Sally, we are going to leave at 645. I know sometimes you come late and that's okay, but just know that we won't be here at 645. So maybe plan to be a little bit earlier so that you make it because I really want you to come. Right. It's simple. And it's like with, so that's just like a friend relationship. But when it comes to a work relationship that you have to work with every single day, it's the same thing. It's like, Hey, I really appreciate what you're doing here. I understand it, but this is what works for me. And this is what I'm going to do. I love how you say that. Yeah. I love how you say that. I knew we were going to interrupt each other all day. It's, it's, it's framed as an invitation that this is, this is where I'm, I'm setting this. This is how, you know, I'm choosing to show up and I'm inviting you into that. And it's okay if you don't set my invitation to come a little bit early because we're leaving at that time. Or if you don't accept my invitation, you know, in regards to this work environment, this is where I'm going to be as opposed to that growing animosity inside and angst and people show up late or they don't do the, the task and then be surprised when they show up as they are. And mm-hmm. then we just end up doing the opposite of taking care of ourselves. We end up holding that energy. And I don't know about you, but I don't really want to be annoyed with my friends all the time. I don't want to be sitting there thinking, oh, you're late all the time and have that create some disconnect. That is the opposite of what, what the relationships are supposed to be about. A hundred percent. And see how you're loving yourself. You're like loving yourself by doing tr- what's true to you. Like when people are really frustrated with somebody else, it's because they are not listening or tuning inward. And so that conflict with themselves is what creates that like friction with the other person. And the other person actually might not even feel it. Like it's not a problem for them, right? Just like you said, even so in my relationship with my ex-husband, um, I had to create some massive boundaries. And when we're talking massive, I mean massive. Like we live in different homes and he still would walk in. Well, I said, if you walk in next time, I'm going to change the locks and I'm going to change the code. And I did. And I had to. And he felt like that was so mean because he was used to, even though now we're not married, um, wherever I'm at, he is open to doing whatever he wants to do there with whoever he wants to do it with. And it doesn't matter that I live in a different house and we're not married anymore. Like that's still what he is. You know, he would take some of my stuff out of like, we don't live together. We're not married. And he would be like, oh, I'll just go grab that from her house. I'm like, no, you can't do that anymore. But before I would just let him do whatever because I would keep the peace. Well, you know, and I think a lot of women can relate to that, right? You're just like, well, I just don't want to fluff their people pleasers or I just don't want to like ruffle any feathers or whatever. So I'm just going to not say anything. 
But by not saying anything, you kind of like kill yourself a little bit at a time. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, as we think about where women are needing to learn and grow and really just um, show up for themselves. And this isn't about being selfish. I think that's important to bring up. Some people just think of this as so, so selfish, but, and I know you, you're familiar with this as well, is that there's that correlation between people pleasing, being the good girl and doing what we're supposed to do and pouring into everybody else or allowing them to open our gate, run over a yard and come right through the door. Um, that really it's a sign of, we don't have, we don't believe that we have the value and worth. And I think that's part of it saying, I am worth being able to determine who gets to open that gate what they're doing in my lawn and if they can come through that door. And I know for me, as I have worked with women, and I know you can attest to this too, when you can find some harmony and some rhythms with that, it is amazing the mental clutter that is taken out of your mind and how you feel this level of almost like a weight off and that freedom. Have you found that with the girls that you coach that when oh they make gosh. their shift? Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. They're just like, oh, wow. I didn't even know that I was creating this in my life, which is what I wanted to actually hit on is when it comes to relationships. So any relationship insert this, okay. Relationships um, are only as good as your thoughts about them. Love it. If you are thinking a lot of bad thoughts about a certain person, your relationship is not going to be strong with that person, but the same goes through or true for the opposite. If you are having great thoughts about this person, you're going to have a strong relationship. Another really interesting concept is that people are like, Oh my gosh, he loves me so much. I just feel his love. You actually can't feel his love. You're feeling your own love from the thoughts or things that he, like what he's saying. Right? So one person says words, maybe the words are, I love you since this is the week of thing or of Valentine's day. I'm getting everything mixed up. Thanksgiving. I almost said, but um, hey, no, the, the imperfections <laughs> are what make us human. So get it right. all wrong. I'm like, right? I, I talk so fast and I'm like, Oh, I got to get it all out. And I'm like, Oh wait, I'm saying the wrong holidays. But so I love you. Right. People say, I love you. Really. It's just words. So one person says words to another person. And they each might feel something, whether it's love, it could be that one person says, I love you to the other person. The other person's thinking, well, I hate you, right? But it's that thought that creates those feelings every single time. It's your thoughts. It's your thoughts about the people. It's your thoughts about the circumstances. It's your thoughts that create feelings. And from those feelings, you act and you choose who you love. You get to choose. Man, I, what I think is just so incredible is the, the things that you're talking about align with the things that I talk about. So it's almost like we must be talking about some of the right things. If two of us who have never met are looking at the research and the experience in our own lives and saying this, because what you just described is something that I call the tree of abundance, where the roots are our thoughts, like, and, and that's where the foundation and the, as the trunk goes up, our beliefs are formed. And then we have the branches of our emotional experience. And then the fruit we bear are those choices and decisions. And then we're surprised when they're toxic ones. And it's like your toxic fruit is going to get into those thoughts and it's going to you know, continue that cycle. But we can get in the dirt and we can work on the thoughts and mindsets. And this is kind of wrapping what we said before. If women can do that, 
and they can get over that, not get over, but lean into that fear and do brave. Imagine the fruit that's going to come out of it. That's, that's the good stuff. That's what is going to be like this catalyst to the change that I think women can have. Totally. And showing up that way, right? Like we literally get to choose. And I love, I love your analogy of the tree. Cause I always do analogy of, um, of hiking and paths. So like as our thoughts, so if the path is well-defined and you can get to say it's a waterfall on the other side, right? You know where you're going. And so you just go down that path every single time. It's very well established. You're not going to get lost. But when you decide to do something different, when you decide to think different, when you decide to put in a certain boundary, it's a new path, right? So it's going to get a little bit, there's probably some rocks, there's tons of trees and shrubs and everything, and you're blazing that new trail, but maybe this new trail is going to be a way better version of, or like vision of that waterfall. Maybe it's going to get you there faster. Maybe it's a way prettier hike but it's going to take time. And so, yes, it's one step at a time that we are changing these thoughts, but it's becoming hyper aware. Like, okay, I just said the word have to, and must be having some type of manual that I think this person is supposed to obey. If I'm saying this to myself, I've written my own manual, what's going on. If I'm really frustrated that this person is late, have I ever told them how I feel about this? And what am I going to do different? I went to church, um, I went to church like for three years, frustrated every single day, every Sunday that would come around, I go to church. I was so frustrated because my husband wasn't on time, but guess what? I never told him I was mad at him for being late. And I also have my own car. So why can't I just say, Hey, I'll meet you there. And and think about what it was like to experience of going into worship frustrated every single time and so if we kind of go back to our topic of self-nurture in this week of love loving yourself well to be able to show up at worship not frustrated would have been such a gift and you kept that gift from yourself by sticking to that manual Hmm. it's like so funny though when you think about it but we do it all the time oh I'm I, I once was coaching this woman that was like my husband never ever ever brings me flowers all my friends get flowers. I never get flowers. And I was like, okay, so did you want flowers? She, first of all, never really even wanted them. She just had noticed that other people gets them and she doesn't. But I'm like, what if you asked him to get you flowers? Or guess what? You could actually go get your own flowers. And it was just this concept that blew her mind. Right? I have permission like, to ask for what I need. What? Right? You can actually do that. It's okay. And it's not self- selfish. It's actually a form of self-respect and you call it self-nurture, which I love. A lot of people call it self-love, but I like nurture. I like your take on nurture because it's, it's powerful. We get to nurture ourselves and continue to like discover a better way of being right. A better way of living in this life. Life's messy and it's okay. It's part of the experience. I love that you brought up the marriage. So here we are in this week of love and actually in my signature program right now with my clients, the whole month of February is on marriage and how to really lean into those areas and asking for what you need. So you just talked about that. And I have so many clients being like, well, he should just know I want that. And it's thinking how many relationships grow into that toxic place 
because they simply just didn't say what they needed or asked for or communicated what that need was. So you think about it, flowers could have led to that marriage, just not being a place of, of healing and of wellness. If she would just said, Hey babe, you want to know what? I would really love to get flowers sometime. And I, I've had clients, the husband's like, well, if I get you flowers, just cause you, cause you asked me to, it actually she does it feel so loved that he remembered, right? I even remember sitting and doing some couples work and, and the husband was like, I know she wants me to say these things. That's her love language. I don't know what to say. So I was like, oh, no problem. She's going to make you a list. You're going to put it in your notes app. You're going to set a reminder multiple times during the week. Because do you believe those 10 things that she wants to hear? Or do you believe those about her? Yeah. Do you think those? Are you experiencing those? Yeah. Great. Then you tell her. And she was sitting there. He was expecting her to say, well, no, you can't do that because I told you what to say and it's not going to be genuine. She sat there. He was expecting that. He's like, she's not going to like this idea. She goes, I can't wait. I know you believe and think these things. I need to hear them. And when you do it, it won't matter because in that moment, I'll know you were thinking of me. And that small shift changed everything in their marriage. But she had no idea that that was something she could even do. And I think as we're like talking about this, as we kind of wrap up and we're going to be here till tomorrow, what if we could give ourselves permission to be able to determine who's coming through that door by simply saying, I matter, I have worth and value, and it's okay for me to ask for what I need. Like, hey, friend, we're going to be leaving. We hope your beautiful self is here because tonight would not be the same without you, but we're bouncing at 645. Love ya. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So totally um, achievable and doable and beautiful. <laughs> Well, and because you and I could make a list of the clients we work with and say she didn't believe it was possible and she's living it now by the transformational work she has done. Okay, so I'm gonna, I love, I, I love hate doing this to people, putting a little bit on the spot. So as we wrap up, what is something that you can leave the listeners with that she can walk away from and just feel inspired and encouraged? And then I'm gonna lead right into saying a little prayer of blessing over the listeners, particularly those that are in more of a season of surviving? Okay. I would tell you that first of all, whether you believe it or not, that you totally matter and you're worth everything that you want in life. You're worthy just as you are. You were born this way. You were born with everything that's perfect, beautiful, all of the good things, but it's up to you to believe it. Everyone else can tell you these things, but it comes from within. So my prayer to you is to like get quiet every single morning, get quiet. And whether you are praying or you are just like living in silence for a minute, tell yourself that you love you. It might sound like a lie, but that's okay until it doesn't. Okay. As you like turn inward, you are going to start to feel more love. And with that love comes more of everything else, confidence, respect, And everything we've talked about on here gets a lot easier, but you have to have that worth and you were born with it, but you've decided at some point that you weren't worthy. That's, that's like the basic, I'm sure of your coaching is the same. It's like the basics of everything is like, people don't feel like they're worthy of what they want in life. And so they, they self-sabotage, but you are worthy. You were born worthy and you have everything that you need to achieve whatever it is you want to achieve, whether it's in your relationships or anything else. And that's my prayer to you is that you, you're worthy and beautiful and God loves you, everybody around you. You have like an amazing support system. You just have to lean into those support systems and then have that belief and that love. 
Beautiful. I so appreciate you just loving on the women today and blessing them and kind of just taking everything you just said. Um, I did a meditation with my clients this week and it was about saying, do you realize that the creator of the universe calls you beloved, that you are his daughter? Uh, and if we believe he's the king of the world, girls, oh, sorry, I just say women, but you know what I mean. Girls out there, you are a princess, a daughter of the king and beloved by him. And so whether anyone's getting you flowers or chocolates or saying, I love you this week, your creator cherishes you and wants to walk alongside you to help you rise up to help you find that abundance and your ability to set those boundaries in a way that's congruent with what you're feeling called to. So friends, here is to best yeses and finding um, what that means for you in your individual walk. Miss Amy, this has been the highlight of my week. And I think we're going to have to do some of this again, because the goodness was incredible. Thank you so much for your um, authenticity. I know we overuse that word, but you did it. Um, you brought it and, and your vulnerability and then sharing all the goodness. This might be one you had to listen to twice because it was packed with a lot of good. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you again for the opportunity and to speak to your audience. I just wish you all the best and thanks. Yeah, have a great rest of your week of love and wellness, everybody. Take care. Well, we hope you were incredibly blessed by all of that. And I would like to hear, Amy, where people can find you on social and a little bit about the offerings that you have if they're curious about working with you. Yes, thanks. So the easiest way to find me, well, there's two ways. My um, Instagram is just Coach Amy Sanders. And it's spelled just like it sounds, <laughs> the easiest way possible. And then uh, my website is luckysanders.com. And for women, I have a group coaching and 12-week program that I offer. So they can find that on my website. And I also do some business coaching for those people who are interested, but my main program signature program is that 12 week program. And it's actually called thrive club. It's very similar thrive camp. And then I have thrive club. Um, another thing with that. So it's kind of funny because we both love the thrive helping mm -hmm. women thrive. <laughs> yeah. And it's just needed and we can't do it alone. So yeah, reach out to Amy, connect with her, follow her, get all of the incredible goodness. So to everybody out there, again, um, there's support for you, whether it's coaching, whether it's a pastor, whether it's therapy, whatever it is, don't try to do it alone, friends. It's not worth it. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you were blessed and encouraged and maybe even challenged a little bit, leaning into that zone of discomfort where growth happens. Um, encourage you to take a nugget of wisdom to weave into your daily life from this episode. If you enjoyed the episode that we had today, please subscribe and follow. Leave a comment. Love to hear from you. Love to follow um, you and your life as well and encourage you. So send me a friend request. Um, I'm at Her Best Yes on Instagram, Becky Dozeman on Facebook, herbestyes.com. And if you're interested in my free wellness community, the link is below in the description as well. We provide all sorts of long and short-term growth opportunities that you can lean into finding your best yeses. Determine how to focus your energy where God is calling you to, to avoid numbing and burnout and procrastination, to help create healthy boundaries and thriving rhythms, to abandon the too busy lifestyle and to reduce overwhelm that is coming into your life. 
just a reminder that you are aware of where your attention and focus goes. If you're unsure of what God's calling you to, create some silence, some stillness. He will speak to you. So excited to announce it is official that the next Her Best Yes retreat will roll out on February 22nd. This is how I have helped many women, hundreds of women, in fact, to go from struggle and overwhelm and anxiety and looping thoughts that they don't know what to do with. I have helped clients decrease their overwhelm, increase better sleep, to feel more rested, to be able to show up in the relationships that truly matter to them and to find the best yeses by realigning their schedules. This is perfect for you if you are a woman of faith who is saying, Lord, I know you have more for me and you have a purpose and a plan for me, but the rising up of anxiety around me and not always feeling like I have enough time for the things that truly matter, then this is for you, friend. It will be three days of teachings, some fun, great experiences in which you can really lean into the growth, the expansion and the transformation to go from where you are in some aspects in survival mode. Many of us are there at times into more thriving living. I'll teach about ways to stay calm using scripture and prayer and a beautiful community to surround you through all of this. So check out the link in the bio below to get your beautiful self registered for the Her Best Yes Retreat. And together we will abandon overwhelm and lean in to who God has created you to be. Thanks for joining us today on Her Best Yes with Becky. Until next time.